Welcome to WP Tonic Roundtable Podcast, where a panel of leading WordPress junkies discusses the latest WordPress and internet stories of the week. Now, on with the show with your moderator, Jonathan Denwood. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Roundtable Show. It's episode 558. It's our first roundtable in the new year. I would like to wish listeners and viewers Happy New Year. We survived 2020 together, the listeners and viewers. That's a miracle as it is. Um, we've got some fantastic stories, got a great panel, um, got a great returning guest, got Brian Garner, the former joint founder of Studio Press and many other things. And it should be a great discussion. I'm going to let the panel quickly let themselves introduce themselves. Let's start with off with our guest, Brian. Brian, would you like to quickly introduce yourself? Yes. Hey, everybody. Uh, Brian Gardner, founder of Studio Press, co-partner in Copyblogger Media, previous partner, and current new founder and CEO of Agent Engine. Fantastic. Got my friend, John Locke. John, would you like to introduce yourself? John from LockdownSEO.com. Got my friend, Chris. Chris, would you like to introduce yourself? I'm Chris from Lifter LMS. We help course creators create, launch, and scale. Also have a podcast called LMS Cast. Um, I've got my friend Spencer. Spencer, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure, it's Spence from launchflows.com. I've got my friend Heather. Heather, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm the digital solutions lead at The Difference Consulting and author of Birth of a Unicorn. And, Which I read, uh, and you should all read if you haven't. All right, great. And I've got my friend Sally. Sally, would you like to introduce yourself? I'm Sally Getch, organizer of the East Bay WordPress Meetup in Oakland, California. Uh, and the WP fangirl, and dead <coughs> curious to know what a agent engine is. All right. Well, you you need to go to another podcast. It's called the Mel Wright Show. You put it <laughs> you put it on iTunes. And about um, three weeks ago, Brian joined us on that, and you'll be able to learn all about it, Sally. So, all right. Yeah, it's got a certain host that. Look, bit iffy, but he's okay. <laughs> uh, um, before we go into the stories of the week, I want to talk about one of our great sponsors. That's Kinster Hosting. If you're a developer or if you're a website owner looking for a great hosting company and looking for great performance and support, I suggest that you go over to Kinster. They have all the bells and whistles. They have all the technology that you're looking for. They, they've been hosting and supporting the WP Tonic site for the past three years. Um, they've just been a great sponsor and a great company to work with. So go over there, have a look at their packages, and I suggest that you should buy one. And if you do do that, please tell them that you heard about them on the WP Tonic podcast. That really helps the show. So let's go into story one. Uh, WordPress.com rattles freelancer community with new website building service launch. So, Brian, what did you think of this one? Funny, almost every other WP Tavern article I see now pop up makes me immediately think of that Michael Jackson uh, animated gif where he's sitting in there eating popcorn. Like, like up oh, here comes another one. It's like the daily WP drama conversation uh, where conspiracy theories are baked and, and all, all of these things. It just kind of reminds me, first and foremost, of just how far removed I feel like. I mean, because back in the day, years ago, when some of the original stuff was going down with Thesis and Headway and, you know, some of that original WP drama, you just realize how old I, I'm getting. Uh, we were joking shortly beforehand about 
eyesights and visions and hairs. And I'm like, man, I, I just feel like such a grandpa now in the industry. I just don't have time to, uh, to really, uh, I mean, I observe, but I don't participate in those conversations. Uh, very interesting conversation. You know, it seems like most of these articles that pop up and in the comments sections, I really can see both sides of it. Right. I think a lot of the, um, the newer agencies, the ones that feel a little more prone to sort of take over, uh, immediately jump up and say, oh my gosh, they're going to well, steal Well, you know, uh, Brian, it's nice to be part, you know, if you're allowed to comment on the story. I, I commented, but my my actual comment was removed, actually, Brian. Really? Yes, it was. Uh, um, so, Shut uh, him <laughs> Shut him down. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Tavistock didn't appreciate my uh, reasoned arguments. So uh, um, there we go. You can't please everybody, can you, Brian? Well, you need um, your own YouTube channel like Matt Medeiros does. He yes. speaks freely about what you think about it all. Yeah, obviously, um, Mr. Tavistock was told that um, told that my views weren't appreciated. So there we go. Uh, um, John, <laughs> what do you think? I mean, <clears throat> I think it's interesting a move that I, I don't even understand like why they're doing this or this price point is just weird. I mean, there is a comment in here that said this makes about as much sense as Home Depot trying to build Yeah, I houses saw that one. Cust- I like that. I like for that. Customers. You know, I, it's just a race. There's no upside to this move. I don't think that they're going to get a lot of orders for automatic to build, you know, $4,900 website because for one, who's building this website? Do you even know who's building it? Are they just going to outsource it to somebody on? Upwork? Well, that that was certainly the suggestion in the article that you know that they, they, they were just you know handing it to Upwork. People. The cho- the chosen list. And and there's nothing but downside to the there's nothing but downside to this because now you're erasing goodwill with your agency owners who have spent years and years trying to promote the platform and grow it. So yeah, I, I the only thing I can think is maybe they're trying to get some market research with these inquiries, and that's the only thing that makes sense. Um, I, I don't think, think it's going to last. I was thinking about this last night and my knee-jet reaction, and really, Mister Tavistock done me a favour actually by removing it because I don't know why I got so hot under the collar really about it because the act. This is just my position um, that. Um, the actual meat and potatoes of it really it's a it really doesn't mean much basically Um, my main concern is it shows a leadership that live in a total bubble that fundamentally aren't following business logic and it's linked to other statements around like well it was built upon jetpack uh, and other bizarre statements from from the leadership that shows that they they've lost the plot basically they're um they're living in a bubble so that's my main concern and i i think that's why my my little comic got um uh, removed because when you live in a bubble you don't appreciate people that come with a a pin to burst it to you. Uh, um, so what do you reckon, Chris? I think it's just a classic move of a company trying to get into expansion revenue through professional services. We see this playbook happen in a lot of software companies. Uh, and it's a way to just 
basically harvest more money off the same user base. I don't really see it as a as a big competitor. You know, 40% of the internet is really a big place. There's a lot of in agency work, there's so many different uh, niche niche markets that people can go into. So I don't really. I just, I just want. I just sorry to yeah. interrupt, Chris. I just want to know what freak, what Automatic are doing with their thousand employees six years after they took over WooCommerce. I just want to know. Well, they do mention what, e-commerce in their. Uh, I just want to know what they're doing two and a half years after Gutenberg, and it's still not freaking finished. Um, well, what am I? Uh, I, just, I just I... want to know what these thousand bloody people are doing yeah. at Automatic. That's got any idea, Chris? What they actually are doing, actually, Chris? I don't because I don't work there. But uh, one of my favorite marketing like philosophies around WordPress is. All the power of WordPress without the hassle. WordPress is infinitely powerful, but it can be hard for the end user to execute. Hence the rise of agencies and freelancer nation. So when it comes to building an online store or perhaps moving somebody off of Shopify to WooCommerce, they may want a done-for-you white glove service that Mm. Automatic provides or some other WooCommerce focused uh, shop or freelancer. So I think that's really why, why this is here to help the company make more money and also help solve the complexity problem of WordPress being powerful but hard to use. Well, okay. and, and also, I mean, I know theme developers, for instance, who offer a done-for-you service setting up their themes. Um, and uh, we were having some discussion about this in the Genesis Slack uh, yesterday, actually, and people were saying, "Well, it's interesting because it kind of gives you a price point. If if uh, you know what they're doing is kind of like we're going to pick one of these themes and set it up to look like the demo with your content in it. I mean, you know, forty nine hundred bucks for that is is a uh, uh, nice work if you can get it. <laughs> uh, and you know, there's going to be a lot of people who won't pay that for a simple website because that's out of their range. Um, but, uh, you know, if this is uh, successful uh, and gets a lot of uptake, it's going to indicate to the people who don't routinely charge that much to build a website that they probably could. Uh, and so it might actually bring some benefits uh, to the freelancer uh, community. I mean, I don't see any of my clients like, you know, deciding they're going to rush over to WordPress.com because, you know, first of all, if people are happy with you, that they don't necessarily want to change or or go through a lot of trouble. And and second, you know, what are the advantages for them? Uh, yeah, sure. So, uh, um, Spencer, can you see, can you understand why I got a little bit hot under the collar? But really, the fundamentals of the story are much about nothing, aren't they, really, aren't they? I mean, to me, this reveals a problem because... You know, there's examples in life and literature and stuff of when somebody says, oh, I'm not bothered by that at all. And then they just drone on endlessly about it. Or, you know, they talk about their ex-boyfriend or girlfriend, like in everyday conversation. It's like, you're obviously... This was mastered by Cicero and it's known as Praetorio. I won't mention such and such and then go on to mention... Well, you know, we're experiencing sort of a similar drama in our politics today of people that do that kind of thing. But the point is, what this tells me it tells me more about what's going on in Matt Mullenweg's mind and what they're up to than anything. Because 
if Gutenberg was working well, if Automatic had a direction, if the thousand employees were doing something under an auspice of a plan that was monetizable and so forth, why would they stick their thumb in the eyes of the people that have been supportive of them, even if it's not for sure that that's happening, for some sort of gray area, we're not really sure what this is going to do. And then in being asked about it, why would fearless leaders say something like, well, God forbid people get so confused that they go to Wix or Weebly or Squarespace, which is precisely the stuff that we've been droning on about for two years now of there's a thousand people. There's clearly things to be fixed. Why don't those things get fixed? So it's kind of revealing the emperor's wearing no clothes, this whole thing. At least that's how I see it. And I don't view it as a real threat because we've talked about this before. On a personal level, I find that the strategy of making money in WordPress is not racing to the bottom of building pretty websites. It's being a pain point solution provider on a personal level for a real business or even a real person, whether that in your market is $200 an, you know, a day or $500 an hour. It really is up to you to decide. But it's not going to be because you do the thing that a page builder does on its own you know, by pressing a button anymore. Right. Well, Heather, have you got any opinion about this one, Heather? I think it's uh, helpful in two ways. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of people uh, that are coming from industry that have no idea how to get into WordPress and have budgets to just like hit a button and be like, hey, um, automatic is set up to accept money, uh, in ways that a lot of freelancers can't. So, um, and they have central billing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, so give me the Benjamins, give me the Benjamins. Well, no, but they have a central billing and they're a known quantity. So like a large corporate that, that has like a marketing department and somebody's told like, please set up a website. Like, They'll use your corporate credit card and just be like, okay, Yes, please go to the WP Tonic website. Business <laughs> there's, there's various ways that you right. can you can be charged well, on my site. Uh, right, well, I'm, I'm just saying from the one side, it, it's it's a good option for them. And and from the other side, um, it's good for the contractor uh, or for the, the solopreneur, or the small business, because now they have a price point that they can set. Because like one of the hardest things as a contractor or, or a smaller business is to come up with that first price point. So now you can be like, okay, compared to uh, automatics price of 4,900, you're getting a savings of 30% or 50% or whatever off of their price. So I'm a bargain based to them. Or yeah, like to I said, it's not, it's not the meat, as we would say in London, it's not the meat and potatoes of this story. It's more the um, the sign like what Spencer, my alarm is it's a clear view into the mind of our great leader. Our, um, he that must be obeyed. Our, um, so um, <laughs> he loves me. Um, every year I said to be invited to come on the show to be interviewed and I just get crickets. Uh, um, so there we go. I, I don't think Chris, I don't think Matt Mayhag has ever come. Yes, well, me. you know, it's up, it's up there with your uh, invitation to GoDaddy to sponsor you. Y- yeah, that, yeah, that's never going to happen either. Uh, um, so on to story two. <clears throat> oh, another juicy one. Hundreds of Google employees unionize, culminating uh, years of activism. Yes. Um, well, Heather, what do you reckon about all these? disgruntled Google employees and have a... Oh, well, I mean, after the the firing last year of 
um, there, the Google researcher, um, in it, it, it's a long time coming. So, uh, for those of you that aren't aware, uh, alphabet, um, workers have formed a union, not for wage disputes, but for diversity and inclusion. Um, it's, well, do, it's you think, do you think they're complaining they're not getting pheasant every, um, every day in the canteen? Do you think that's what's No. no I, I think they're probably complaining that you, they get fired for doing the job they were hired to do. Exactly. Yeah, they're, 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 they're getting, um, they're upset that um, they're noticing that, that they're minorities, that they're, they're women, that they're people of color, that they're, uh, that those people in in are not uh, being able to speak up. That if they do speak up about unfair labor practices, uh, they immediately get fired, um, or they are shunned enough to quit. Lepers, and, they're lepers. They get, they have the badge. Yeah. You know, they've got the, the star put upon them, aren't they? You know. And and it, that kind of thing happened to me in Silicon Valley as well. I mean, like I have a strong enough personality and a good enough reputation to have overcome it, but it's really, like, it's really annoying. Uh, and, and not just annoying, it's disheartening for people uh, to be up there. I mean, like, there was one one point in time where I had harassment suits filed by another woman in my company daily because I was wearing the company's t-shirt. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I am, I am a... Uh, amply busted woman and we had to wear t-shirts that were deep v for our um for our co- like company events so yeah. like every time i had to wear this shirt and i had to wear this shirt right you would file a, an hr complaint against me and this is the kind of thing that you deal with in silicon valley as a woman and this was I'm, a woman. No, I'm so, uh, listeners of viewers you probably know me by now if you if you continue to listen to this bloody show i'm so tempted to come out with some english humor but i'm not i'm not going there uh, i'm keeping my mouth shut on you right. know, Heather. but i mean if like think about it like as a manager like as a, as a person like an executive in silicon valley like me having to take two hours out of my day every, like w- at least once a week t- to just sit there with HR and this woman, like disrupting my work, like it's disheartening. And and this is worse because like, I mean, I was an executive, these people are not. So that that's why they're forming these, these committees because these people can't, Stand like. So where you go with this? Are you saying that they shouldn't unionize, or you? No, I'm saying that they should unionize. Yeah, but they're probably going to complain about their lady executives. No, what they're going to be doing is they're going to talk to their union rep. Who that that union rep is going to go to the HR? They're going to go to the committees. They're going to say this this stuff has to stop. These people can't be harassed anymore. These people are in a toxic work environment. These people, this shouldn't be happening. Great, Chris. Why is a lot? Why is Silicon Valley in general so anti-union? I honestly don't know because I built my business in the country, so I'm not like a Silicon Valley guy. But um, I will say just an observation of power dynamics that you know when there's an extreme polarity in terms of things like wealth, power, authority, um, the social movements you know increase, and it's not like you have to choose. It's more like there has to be a resolution that comes together. This is the classic, if we look back through history, the conflict between capitalism and socialism, 
but it's not about making a decision. It's about moving forward in a better way. And that to me, to me, that's what this just looks like is just another face of this age old story of the people versus the power. So, Spencer, any insights why, in general, Silicon Valley is anti-union? Well, I think the problem is that the Silicon Valley has traditionally been a, a, a money, and I, I don't want to say that it's male-dominated, but it's definitely borderline misogynistic tendencies, at least historically. So what you have is a scenario where, like Heather's scenario doesn't surprise me, um, because they have all the control. I mean, this is an example of how they have all the control over the personal lives of very talented and smart people, which is a, a reflection of the same kind of Hollywood, Harvey Weinstein kind of a scenario, right? Like, you have nothing you can do about it. Tough luck for you. So what I see happening is some... Oh, it's like, it's the, the, the story was you've got to put up with it because that's the price of doing, well, bus doing business in this industry, you know. But, but what I'm suggesting is... We're, <laughs> societies go in cycles. And I think what we're seeing in our own society right now across other places like politics is a swinging of the needle towards how far we're going to let powerful people, powerful money people, powerful corporations do things that we wouldn't tolerate from our friends or peers or neighbors. And I think that Silicon Valley has been able to get away with things because the, the greed factor of returning huge returns. But now we've seen that we've created Frankenstein monsters at the corporate level, at the personal level, and that that bleeds into our lives through how they affect our politics or how they affect the politicians and so forth. So I would expect to see a backlash in favor of allowing, and, and then people doing it, more unionization, more organization to protect the, the workers themselves, more liberal worker-related mindset where the things that I know personally having interacted with Silicon Valley is it's it's a fraternity. I mean, it's like you take Yoast and you pour a thousand gallons of testosterone on top of it. And that's the experience. And the balls, so to speak, literally of what people will say and do is shocking. And when you're a billionaire you, and you get to choose certain things because you have your thumb on everybody's, you know, yeah. whatever, off switch, it's it's frightening. So, so what do you reckon, John? Google's the worst offender. Yeah, what do yeah. you reckon, John? So definitely, I was a union person for uh, 17 years before I got into technology. And I can tell you that unionization does work. Um, and what it's there for mostly is to prevent exploitation of workers, or if there's a grievance, if somebody is being unfairly targeted by the employer, in this case, Google, and the very prominent one very recently was the AI ethics uh, woman, black up. woman. That, Yep. So in cases like this, I mean, Silicon Valley, as it is, like has um, a kind of a reputation for, for, for kind of disproportionately hiring people who fit a certain mold, mold like white male people, but it's not necessarily like that they're unionizing because, you know, the pay is bad or something like that, but they just want to make sure that all the workers uh, get a fair shake and that the, the working conditions um, and that the, you know, terms of employment are, are um, agreeable. Why, 
it's not just technology, but it's like employers throughout time have always opposed unions because it gives workers a voice. And it's when employers have all the power, they can extract and exploit uh, the workers as they need to. But when the workers come together in solidarity, you know, or if they go on strike or something like that, then those employers can't, um, they have no choice but to listen to the workers. And that's why they've always opposed that because they can't just exploit people at will. Silicon Valley up to now has not really uh, touched that because it's kind of a, it's this whole technology thing is still kind of new and it's still largely unregulated. Um, so, and, and there's a lot of GDP that's coming out of, of Silicon Valley now. So that's why a lot of these issues had not really been dealt with, but they're now, you know, Silicon Valley and this type of technology is kind of part of our life. So they're just a regular employer at this point. So right. this, right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's John is right. First of all, you know, all industries uh, opposed unionization uh, often with great violence uh, against say miners uh, unionizing in, in the UP in, in Michigan and, uh, that kind of thing. But there's another thing that happened with technology, which was that, you know, in the earliest days, you had a lot of women in technology uh, dealing with the vacuum tubes and the and the tapes and the uh, uh, paper tapes and all of those things. And there was a deliberate decision, uh, you know, to, um, we're going to make this in, instead of like, thinking of the computers as like office machines that naturally your secretary would be op operating. Uh, we want to make this like a professional thing. And it, it, by doing that in a way, it kind of did themselves out of the possibility of unionization in addition to conveniently getting rid of all the women after having them train men to replace them. Uh, and so, you know, this is why it's like, oh no, you don't have to pay overtime to to programmers or, uh, you know, so it's, uh, it's, it's partly that the industry is being bitten in the foot by uh, yeah. made itself. Yeah. So Brian, is, is there a kind of history of anti-trade unionism in technology? I was thinking of back to Henry Ford, you know, that paid his workers a, uh, um, a substantially higher, I think it was $4 a day, but he was an extreme anti-unionist at his heart, you know. And is there kind of, is it also linked to this libertarian kind of strain of philosophy in um, Silicon Valley, Brian? I, you know, honestly, I don't, I don't know. I don't follow much of a lot of the stuff that you guys are talking about right now. I mean, what I do know is that, you know, I'm, I'm a, pacifist at heart. I think a lot of people uh, are starting to um, protest for the sake of protesting and things like that. But I'm also on the other side of it where, you know, I believe in equality and, and all of that. So outside of that, uh, I don't spend much time at all ever inside of Silicon Valley. That might change with the new venture. Um, so to be perfectly honest, I'm not sure I have much more uh, oh, to fair add. Enough. Yeah. Fair enough. It, the, the voice of reason, I can understand, <laughs> Brian. Uh, um, so I think it's time for us to go for our break. We'll be back in a few moments. LaunchFlows turns your WooCommerce website into a selling machine. 
we make it easy to create gorgeous sales funnels, no friction checkouts, order bumps, upsells, downsells, and much more. Gain full control over your buyer's journey from the top of your WooCommerce sales funnel all the way to the bottom. Best of all, you can use your favorite page builder, such as Elementor, Divi, Beaver Builder, Gutenberg, or one of the high-converting templates we've included inside. Get rid of the clunky WooCommerce shop pages and checkout process in favor of an optimized buyer flow that instantly increases conversions and makes you more money. LaunchFlows provides one-click order bumps that increase the total value of every sale with a 10-30% to 30% conversion rate. This is perfect for anyone offering complimentary products, training, or extended warranties. With unlimited upsells and downsells, your buyer's journey doesn't need to end at the checkout. Instead, we make it easy to display a series of additional offers as part of the original transaction. This is perfect for one-time offers, related products, mastermind class offers, high-ticket software sales, or subscription supplements. Not an expert? Don't worry. We've got the training and the consultation you need. WP Launchify will teach you how to get the most out of launch flows with personal consultation on WordPress, WooCommerce, marketing automation, and much more. If you want to earn more money with your WooCommerce online business, you owe it to yourself to try launch flows today. We're coming back. Brian, wisely, do you want to get involved with the last topic? I totally understand. Uh, um, that's why... That's why he has been a successful business person. Uh, um, so there we go. Uh, um, so on to story three, which I changed. I might add, um, um, I changed changed it to Liquid Web requires event calendar, WordPress plugin from the agency Modern Tribe. Um, blah, blah. So John, what did you reckon of this one, John? Hey, you know. Um... Hosting companies are, uh, hey, Brian knows, uh, you know, hosting companies acquire a lot of these uh, WordPress products. And I think it's a good deal for the events calendar. Uh, they have a home there. I, I guess it's kind of an aqua hire um, from what I understand. So they said they're taking the, the whole team is, is yeah, is that's great. Over. I mean, hey, I'm good with that. You know, um, if you spend a lot of time building up a product and you can do a success, a successful exit, then, you know, more power to you. So, um, you know. So, Brian, so Brian, do you think it was the revenue, the plugin, plus you're buying a good team that you can add um, to the iPhone crowd that you brought, brought in as well? So you get a good web development platform is that is this is this the the business logic behind this a bit do you reckon brian yeah i mean obviously having gone through it ourselves um with the studio press acquisition uh chris love your hat by the way uh quick plug for wp engine uh i mean that's typically what we're doing right like everybody kind of was out on the same playing field years ago some people went ahead built bigger companies uh hosting companies in particular um godaddy is another example of people who uh, hey, I could do more than just the one thing I set out to do. In other words, now we can have a theme company as part of our, quote, platform or digital experience. And um, what I find fascinating is that other, 
than like the few diehard WordPress people and those who are involved. This kind of thing has become more white noise in the 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 ecosystem as a whole. Even when Studio Press was acquired, I was like, oh, it's going to be on WP Tavern and the whole community is going to be talking about it. It was like crickets, like 10 comments. And I was like, oh, <laughs> so it's like, you know, other than the people who are involved, it's just yet another story that doesn't mean much. It's just sort of not doggy I dog. we talked but, about it. Well, we, we talked about it some, but I mean, like in my I'm mind. I'm starting I, to cry now, Brian. <laughs> You're making me feel I'm not relevant. <laughs> No, no, I just, I'm in so, my I've mind. I've been so nice to you, uh, Brian. I've been so nice oh to gosh. you. Uh, I, I envision World Series oh, parade yeah. type things, yes. but it, it don't, never don't happened. Don't let Jonathan wind you up. Yeah, uh, so, you know, it just, it's just yet another thing. Not surprising. Uh, obviously, Liquid Web slash iThemes are making several moves to sort of bolster its thing, maybe out of necessity, just maybe out of, you know, trying to expand the market. And, you know, it just, it is what it is. It's kind of just a somewhat non-event uh, no pun intended, uh, sort of thing. <laughs> I, I, know, I know Spencer likes to talk about how, you know, because hosting is such finished, a commodity, all the, all the hosting companies need to like do something else to, uh, um, to distinguish themselves. It's, I mean, I hadn't seen They're that finished, but we need to build these Lego parts and build this modularization. <laughs> Your American accent. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, Spencer. I just had to... Uh, um, uh, um, I'm going to do a good Jonathan when my turn comes. All right. All right. Oh, um, Chris, what do you reckon about this? I think it's a really good move. I know Shane uh, from Events Calendar, one of the founders. Uh, I, th I think it's awesome. I've always been amazed how big that plugin is. 800,000 uh, <laughs> installs. A couple points of interest. One of the things that I like about Liquid Web, based on their track record with uh, iThemes, Restrict Content Pro, and others, they seem to like keep the the teams alive and the product alive and keep them kind of in their own area where they can do their thing. So it doesn't, these companies tend, are not losing momentum doing what they do, which is really cool. Uh, number two is that the event space with the pandemic and everything is really interesting to me to see how that adapts and evolves. So there's a lot of room for innovation here right now, specifically with that uh, focus of a plugin. And yeah, I'm, I'm just happy for them. I think it's a good thing. And hosting companies can do it well. Like Brian mentioned WP Engine and, you know, Genesis continues to improve and advance and uh, it can, well, it can yeah, be a good have, thing. They have the money to invest in development. Now, I, I didn't yeah. get the impression that Modern Tribe as a, as a company was exactly hurting, but, uh, it, it, you know, it's also, they had always done some level of, of consulting work in, in addition to the plugin. And it sounds like that's what the remaining people want to focus on more. Uh, but it's it's hard to tell. I mean, my first thought, really, other than wait, didn't see that coming, was, uh, you know, well, what what is Modern Tribe going to actually do? Um, <clears throat> but uh, they seem to have yeah. something in mind. Probably well, kind of an enterprise service offering. So you know, part of that success story there, I think, is the the two ships of plugin development and uh, professional services. Yes, I, I do think it's kind of interesting to notice, you know, they're choosing the professional services over the plugin development where you hear so many people say, oh, yes, of course, everybody wants to like build a product and have it. Well, you know, actually, everybody doesn't. 
Um, no, yeah. there's, there's many ways of doing things. Yes, Heather, was you going to say something? No, she wasn't. All right. So, um, Spencer, I think I'll leave the last word we use. So what do you reckon about this one? Lego blocks and such. <laughs> uh, what, what I think I, I read in this is that I was surprised. I really didn't know. But Modern Tribe was a very large organization, right? 124 people. That's a large company. So I would venture to guess that if you had a large company and you were doing well in the space of doing the high-end consultancy and the other kind of professional services, as well as whatever new plugins and things you could create, why not liquidate, no pun intended, uh, the plugin that is the most likely to get a cash out, remove some of the obligation of those other 50 employees in favor of being cash rich, and carry on, which it sounds like they're doing. So this actually is contrary to many of those other examples where we see like a small company that's just got some bigger foot on its head and they'll never escape, so they get out or some other product that is reaching the end of its life. This is one where it seems like Liquid Web is doing extremely well, and they're just spinning off one of their divisions to another company that wants to give them a lot of cash for it in exchange for the freedom to do more stuff. All right. I think so. know, guess, but, I, but I go with Brian on this. It's sort of like a chirp, chirp. Like, <laughs> well, well we have had so many acquisitions recently that it is becoming like, less newsworthy it's like oh it's that so that's this week's acquisition well it is this week this week in wordpress so this there we go it happened this week so there that, that's why it's one of the stories so on to the next i was gonna say one thing i was gonna say i wish the tavern would use its own metrics sometimes for deciding what stories to publish because like in all fairness i realize they're not profit motive based so much but when you get certain articles and they explode and you get articles like this, which are just an advertorial for like a, a PR release, wouldn't it make sense to stop making these posts and just have a section of like recent events that people can look to? But otherwise, why publish stuff where it gets, excuse me, one... Well, when you're spending all your time moderating... That's right. God mod- forbid moderating. we publish anything that doesn't have a clickbait headline yeah. uh, well, and, and, and won't create more drama. Yeah, I mean, when, I you're, have, when you're spending all your time moderating the comments, you have got time to write articles. Have you? Just, Justin <laughs> published his article about how to make potato soup, which I was reading the other day on his Facebook page. That would be more interesting than Blipgood Web acquiring an events calendar. There we go. There we go. There, there we go. But listeners of yours, when you're the founder of the show, you've got to have broad shoulders, you know. And, you know, like, you know, but they're not going to complain about my my shirt being too open, are they? So there we go. Uh, um, on to the next uh, um, story. Um, the Rise and Fall in Vision. You like this one, Sally. What was this one about? Well, it, it, uh, uh, it, struck me a bit because I'm one of those people who like, you know, I sort of signed up for Envision because it seemed intriguing and I, and I have yet to really settle on a, a good prototyping tool that I use like instead of other things. And, uh, you know, it seemed pretty, uh, pretty cool. And it was like, well, I hadn't been that aware that, you know, it was falling, uh, but they've got this little chart here saying, Hey, um, you know, if you look at adoption of these tools, uh, you know, Envision was, uh, you know, pretty trendy in 2017 when it came out. And, and you know, there are fewer and fewer people uh, using it. Um, 
you know, and and sketch, you know, skyrocketed and has dropped off a little bit. And the thing that's been taking off has been uh, Figma. Um, so, you know, it is kind of like, well, okay, we had a bunch of things launch at about the same time. And, you know, why is it that, that you know, somebody picked A and, and not B? Um, and uh, <clears throat> there is, a, a, you know, <clears throat> so it's like, yeah, well, that's kind of, you know, interesting is because there is and isn't space for more and more competitors. We've we've seen lots of stories of people who came into a crowded market and nevertheless did brilliantly. Uh and other people who didn't and and what's well, I think the, that's what makes business interesting. But I think Heather's probably got some insights with yes, online services why some right knows some more about business than me. That's they establish themselves and get um dominance of their sectors, others kind of Zoom and then they decline, don't they? A bit, you know. So yeah, I mean, business is cyclical. So I mean, you have to pay attention to what your uh, customers want, but you also have to pay attention to what the market demands. So um, if if Envision is is determining what I mean, it is developing for what uh, they think the market needs right now, um, then they're behind. They need to be developing for what the, the market needs like a year or two years down the road. And it looks like the things that they're developing um, are, are behind what people want. However, if their customer base is solid, if their revenue is solid, then they don't need to be uh, whiz-bang with all of the things that they're putting out. They, they can just take some time um, to make sure that the all of the, the mistakes that they made when they first came out, uh, that they can get rid of all that tech debt now, um, keep their existing customer base happy, uh, fix any problems that they've got, and then um, work towards uh, working on the highest priority items from their corporate customers, because that's who they really have. Um, they're not focusing on the uh, B2C right now, they're focusing on the B2B customers that they've got. And they have quite a few of them. So, I mean, they're not the, uh, so as far as a company that's been around for a bit, I think that they are, um, I mean, and and based on the Glassdoor uh, things, if you look at any company at this phase of their life, uh, you'll see the startup people that were there from the beginning getting all disgruntled as they're bringing on corporate, more corporate people to move them forward. So this is like uh, the high school phase of a company. You're, you're moving, uh, you're, you're, you're getting the people that are in their adolescence kicked out as you're bringing in the people that are focused on college. So um, yeah, I, th- I think it's actually a good thing for Envision. Oh, there you go. What do you reckon, Brian? So as a, a designer, I, I didn't choose this story. So if you don't, you know, it was all Sally's fault. That's right. You can you can just blame me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, no. I've, I get I get their blog posts in the mail every week. They they, they are uh, blogging up a storm. You would never know from anything they wrote that there might be any issues. Yeah, no, I won't plead the fifth on this one. Uh, as a designer and somebody who who loves designing and prototyping, uh, I was fascinated by the um, the chart that um, I think Sally you referenced, where kind of it was like. Everybody was kind of going like this, and then all of a sudden Figma goes up like that. 
and, and I'm one of the reasons why Figma did that. I adopted Figma um, oh. after sort of stiff arming, you know, I, I was a Photoshop guy and then I was like, hey, Envision, Sketch didn't do anything for me. And then our team started talking about Figma and I jumped into it and I won't touch anything else. And I don't even know if there's a reason why other than it just works and I can do it and it makes sense. Well, and it's cross-platform because like some of us are Windows users, so Sketch was never an option. Yeah. And and I'll tell you this though, like what it what it does is it reminds me of where we sat at Studio Press for so long, where we were like the shiz. We were the Envision in the, you know, for many years and there was little, some to little, no competition. And it was easy to, to just sort of feel like we can just coast and do our thing. We're always going to be. And we started kind of diversifying what we were doing at Copyblogger at that point with hosting and Copyblogger and education and studio press. And to be perfectly honest, the reason we ultimately sold was because we had gotten to a point where we almost felt lapped, where, you know, there was Elementor and be, the, the page builders and, you know, those types of things. And we were kind of like, oh, we were just comfortable. And all of a sudden, we're no longer out in front. And do we want to try to get back out in front? Or is it time, you know? And and for it to get back out in front, Brian Clark and I decided ultimately it was, you know, and, and we had, it was 10 or 12 years in at that point, we were kind of just toast. And so we just said, hey, let's see if there's somebody out there. WP Engine obviously came in and um, we were like, hey, they could take it back out in front. We don't have the desire to anymore. And so we went ahead and sold. All right. Thanks for that insight. I appreciate that. Um, so what do you reckon, Chris? What do you reckon? Got any thoughts about this one? All businesses kind of have a shelf life and, and um, so this thing happens. I mean, I was a big Envision user in our agency days, but there's trends. There's things that happen like uh, the low code, no code movement, people designing more and more, uh, like even in WordPress itself, there's like behavior change that's happening and uh, a disruptor can come in like Figma and, and that's what happened. So uh, to me, it's pretty pretty uh, straightforward. Just uh, a new competitor, new kid on the block, moving faster, and that's it. Mm. Yeah, I can see it. What do you reckon, John? Yeah, I mean, uh, I was surprised that Envision's market share had fallen that much. Mm. I knew that Figma was, uh, you know, everybody talks about it. Everybody seems to be using it. I just I'm downloading it as we speak. <laughs> I just didn't realize that Envision had dropped that bad. So that's all. Oh, right. Any, any thoughts, Spencer? Or shall I go on to the next one? Oh, there. Miro crushed them. They didn't keep up. Story over. End of story. <laughs> all right. On to the next one. All right. Block system will create more commercial opportunities for WordPress theme authors. What do you reckon, John? What do you reckon about this one? Yeah, I mean, I think it would, you know, it's, there's a lot of people in this uh, comment section that are kind of talking about this. And and uh, essentially, all web design is like taking a box and putting like other smaller boxes in it. And ultimately, the, the block system, that's what it's going to be when it's, you know, when it's done. And it's made great strides. And I think eventually it will replace some of these page builders. I don't think it's a hundred percent there for like everybody yet. I still think there's a little uh, space where people are still going to be using page builders, but um, it has to be 
comparable full site editing. It has to be comparable to stuff like Elementor and and things like that. But if they could make it easier than that, like less complicated, and be able to uh, have people position elements exactly where they want to, as somebody in in the comments section here was alluding to, I think there's the sky's the limit. And so what do you I, reckon, Brian? We seem to be in a kind of twilight area here. You know, Gutenberg isn't quite finished, but it's just it's just coming. And then we've got these page builders, haven't we? You know, but when Gutenberg is kind of there, whatever there means, does it really mean the end of all these page builders, Brian? I don't know what it means regarding the page builders, but I'm going to show you this right here. This is what happens when you spend 12 years in the WordPress theme space. And and my, my reaction to all of this now is, is more power to everybody and the community and the young kids and companies who have the the, the stamina to try to keep up with all of the, the changes, with all of the user base. And like, I remember days when we have to style a calendar widget in a header just because people would do it. And it was like, when it kind of got to that point, I'm like, okay. And and personally, like the minimalist in me just kind of wants to distance myself from trying to come up with the system that supports all of the possibilities with libraries and patterns and this, that, and then other things. So I, I'm, I'm going to sit back in a, in my recliner and watch the community do what it's going to do with this new system. And I'm not going to be a part of that. Ooh, I don't think you're going to be doing that. Not even with ancient engine. But I think well, you're deluding yourself there, Brian. No, it's a completely Ooh. different thing. Completely. Get, get, yes. Get comfortable in the rocking chair. Well, I, I, uh, I noticed they, uh, uh, they mentioned the uh, studio press um, uh, collections with the, uh, uh, Genesis uh, blocks, but uh, having just been through an experience where I attempted to uh, subcontract something to my husband and he spent the entire job whining about how it would have been easier to do this with Avada, um, uh, uh, you know, and is right in some ways, uh, much as I detest Avada, I'm like, look, please, could you at least like use Elementor and not Avada if you want to do something like that? Because I, you know, the complaints you have are valid complaints, but Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, it's true that we need some more comprehensive way of doing this. Lots of people are addressing it and there are, you know, there are, uh, theme companies that have even said, Hey, you know, you can use, you know, this layout or this layout or this layout, and you can choose whether you want that as Elementor or Beaver Builder or Gutenberg. Um, Mm. But, oh, you know, it's a lot to keep up with and and it's unsettled and the fact that there is not good standardization yet which was part of the selling point for Gutenberg that uh, well if it's in core there's going to be like an established way to do it um well the thing that the other factor is it's the youtube influencers like they like it was Divin and Elemator I notice a few of them are now been plugging oxygen, um, um, doing tutorials on that. Uh, I think, and they seem to get all these people. And I think, my God, you know, they can't actually be doing any commercial work because they've got the time to mention all these different. Well, they're probably getting beautiful kickbacks from uh, uh, these people. So. Oh well, good luck to them. That's that's 
capitalism, isn't it? Right. If you want so anybody, you don't, anybody you don't wants need to, to do what? If anybody wants to send any kickbacks to me, please post them to. Uh, um, so there we go. Um, <laughs> what do you reckon, Chris? What you know? You're, you're, you know, unlike Brian that's in the rocking chair now. Uh, um, uh, um, you're, you're one of these poor souls, but you seem to stick to be keeping your hair. I'm not sure about yeah. your, I'm not sure about your eyesight, but your hair seems to be doing all right. Uh, um, how are you coping with, you know, having to, you know, I'm, to work with- I'm a big block bull. I love them. And uh, I'm seeing more and more people in our user base come off page builders to be like, I just want simple. I just want to keep it all. Uh, I don't want that extra layer. What I'm seeing is companies like Cadence who are do have the Cadence theme. They have these uh, block libraries. They've got they, they have a really sites. good block library. If you're looking for an example of a company doing it well, check out Cadence. They're really innovating and they're... Um, I don't know what their numbers are today, but they launched their free version of their theme on the WordPress repository a month or so ago. And last time I looked, it was like at 20 or 30,000 installs and just taken off like a rocket. But they're, they're a company that are doing it well and uh, really kind of forging ahead with the, the block way of doing things while also being a theme company, while also integrating with being opinionated on design with their integrations with tools like WooCommerce or Lyft or whatever. Yes, yes. What do you reckon, Spencer? Um, <clears throat> the the thing that I was sort of excited about last week, week before, is I've started working with the the team, the guy who's running <clears throat> the um, the new Gutenberg uh, hub. You know, because I think it was a couple weeks ago when we were talking about that. And what I like about it is that that individual and his group are taking over the things that are not fixed in Gutenberg and making them work through the plugin. <clears throat> However, early days, just like John mentioned, it is still true. And what they said in the article, <laughs> like it's easier now because you could drag in place something that at least gets you close to what you want. But then when you need to tweak it two pixels down and to the left, there's no tool or capacity. So now you have to go right back to the beginning, go to go, you know, do not pass a go, do not collect $200. And you have to start CSS tweaking a Gutenberg block, which is sort of like, okay, Brian, let's pull the rest of our hair out. You know, it's like, well, why did I start? Now, on the other hand, I'm really concerned over Sally and her husband because I'm wondering who's going to get custody of the cats when <laughs> the divorce it's a, happens. It's, it's in our prenup. Over, oh, you're going to have the pre you. I mean, we both have businesses. Of course, we have a Kellyanne and George Conway. Of like, you say do something, he goes Avada. I think to myself, what is going on in your household that your husband is thinking to use Avada in 2020? <laughs> I mean, it, maybe he should pull out, you know, like uh, the X theme or something like that. <laughs> I think he, I think he used that one before. Yes, well. I mean, the thing is, he builds websites, like, not as the main thing he does. Uh, so it's like, oh, yeah, well, let's see. The last time I did any work in a website was about two years ago, and then now. Uh, so, it, you know, he's not keeping up with it. And it is it is kind of like, yeah, you know, if you weren't my husband, I'd, I'd have hired somebody else for this because <laughs> I, I would have got less complaining and, and you know, more familiarity. <laughs> Well, heaven knows how to That's manage their husband. Uh, yeah, Heather, uh, 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 Heather knows how to like be in a relationship, which I'm not sure I do. 
How do you know? There we go. So, uh, Robert, oh, so there we go. Oh, because you. she read my book. That's right. That's right. There is a very good demonstration of like, you know, real operation as a partnership in, in that Oh, well, book. I'll have to get a copy. I'll be intrigued there. Um, the last person that tried to do that with me, they, they soon gave up. Uh, um, so there we go. Uh, um, right. So, uh, right, I think we won't go for the other story. Go, Daddy. Uh, um, uh, um, so <laughs> let's, um, let's go on to our recommendation of the week. Um, my one is Manage Notification Emails. It's a free plugin. Um, unfortunately, WordPress sends a load of notifications, and when you've got a um, learning management system or WooCommerce, it has a tendency to want to send even more. Um, this little plugin allows you to switch off, customize the notifications, which if you are the admin of the site, that blessed WordPress wants to keep sending you. So it does does the job out the can and does it well. So, John, have you got anything you want to recommend? And please put all, panel, please put all your recommendations into chat. It really helps me. John. My recommend, yeah, my recommendation this week, this is a past interview with Jamar Ramos um, on an SEO show that is hosted by, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to say his name wrong, but uh, Daniel Chung. Um, but I'm going to link that up. I found it very intriguing, and I encourage you to check it out. All right. I have to listen to that. Brian, have you got anything you want to recommend to the listeners and viewers? Uh, not specific to WordPress, but uh, I'm trying to write more. Uh, and so I use Grammarly to mm-hmm. do all of my writing, uh, whether it's tutorial writing, whether it's email writing, whether it's marketing copy. Uh, on some level, product producer, people who you know create products and, and founders and all that kind of stuff need to, to write in some capacity. So if you're going to do it, it has helped me look and sound much smarter than I am. You're pretty smart, Brian. So there we go. Um, Chris. We might have no hair, though, but there we go. Uh, um, Chris, uh, um, I'll just double think? down on what I mentioned earlier, which is to check out the Cadence theme. If you haven't tried it out yet, they have a great free version. Check that out. Now, coming on the podcast in in February for interview, uh, Ram should be interesting chat with them um, from the great state of Montana. Uh, um, so, have a oh, let's go for Spencer. Spencer, have you got anything you want to recommend to the listeners? Viewers? Uh, I do. It's called MailTrap.io. Well, it's at MailTrap.io. And what it solves is the problem of, let's say you're setting up a site, and even if it's a live site, you want to test out what emails go out for your marketing automation, your transactional stuff. Um, Oftentimes, that's a problem because you have to deal with like the possibility that a user who you know is trying to get something, you'd have to use a program like Switch2 or something. What this does is it sets up a, a... a jar or a bumblebee net around, butterfly net, around the site with a proxy email. So it catches all the outgoing email and displays them in a, in a proxy email box, which essentially lets you see what the, the website is doing. So, you know, for your WooCommerce or your marketing automation follow-up. I found it very handy, and it's free for up to 500 emails a month, which is more than enough for any normal website. So uh, something that to me was like a no-brainer, actually, uh, and a good business model. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I don't know where you get these from. I'm gonna to have to look at that. Oh, wow, Heather, um, got anything you want to recommend to the listeners, viewers? And I promise my phone won't interrupt you. 
Yeah, no, it's uh, so I've been doing a lot with my nonprofit lately and uh, give WP or uh, yeah, give WP has been helpful. Um, it's, it's really uh, quick and easy to, to connect Stripe and PayPal and, and others for donations. So if you're, if you're not a WordPress uh, aficionado uh, and a lot of nonprofits aren't, um, I would recommend that plugin for nonprofits. Yeah, it's um, a great I would plan. certainly recommend it over the types of solutions most nonprofits use. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm good with forms and, and everything, but I mean, I was just looking for something quick and dirty and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about this one. <laughs> you can set up recurring subscriptions and uh, recurring donations and all sorts of things. So it's all right. Easy. And Sally, Sally, got anything you want to recommend? Uh, yes, I want to recommend Heather's book, Birth of a Unicorn. Uh, it's now available on Kindle Unlimited. So if, if you uh, are a member of that, you can even read it for free. Although I, I'm in favor of supporting Heather as an author. Uh, and uh, uh, it talks about her, her adventurous uh, uh, business, uh, early business life and uh, uh, making some decisions about what matters uh, as you are uh, developing yourself. And it great. even has cats. Thank you for the plug. Oh, cats. Oh, dear, dear. Right. Thank you, panel. Um, Listeners and viewers, obviously, um, I I was in two minds to do this, but um, and I was going to do this at the beginning of the show, but for respect to my panel, I thought it was best to do it at the end of the show. And I want to make clear these are my own personal views. They are not the panel's views. Um, I, I felt that I would be um, cowardly of me not to remark... That, of what's happened in our great country this week. Um, I became an American citizen seven years ago and I swore oath to defend the constitution of this country. And as I get older, when I was a young man, um, sometimes I used to promise things and I didn't always keep my promises. Um, as I get older, I realise that it's really quite important and one of the few things that you're going to take with you when you die is, was you a person that kept your word uh, as an individual? Um, so I, I feel that as an American citizen, I should remark what happened this week. Um, I think our president is a traitor. Um, I think his family are traitors. Um, I think some of the Senate are traitors. Um, they have broken their oath of office. Um, they are a disgrace to this country. Um, unfortunately, I don't think anything is going to happen to them where lady democracy should take up the shield and sword of justice and go into battle and hammer these people um, and give them a fair trial, which they wouldn't give to the likes of me. But they are traitors um, to their core. Um, and they deserve to be the outcome of all traitors, to be given a fair trial and suffer the consequence of their treachery. Um, I just thought I would say that to you, listeners and viewers. Uh, um, I'll see you next week with another great roundtable show and a great panel. I'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week.